Welcome to the Clinical Research Podcast, bringing you the latest developments in research explained by our world-leading clinicians, academics and scientists based in Nottingham. In the latest of our interviews with winners of Research Heroes Awards, Andrew Bennett talks to Clinical Research Manager Lucy Ryan. Congratulations. I, I saw the poster they put out and um, it said some very, very nice things. Optimism, dedication, perseverance, organisation was, was some of the reasons you were cited. Wow. That's amazing. I didn't actually know that. <laughs> so thank you. I don't feel like I am a hero, um, but I'm very uh, grateful for everybody or um, whoever nominated, for, nominated me. Um, it's nice to have some recognition and to know that People actually thought what I did was a good job. You've been singled up as a coordinating the COVID team in the early days of the pandemic, um, particularly running Isaric. Yeah. Of course, that was a huge study, so a big commitment. Can you tell us about that? Because it was, things were pretty full on, I'm thinking back to March last year, that kind yeah. of time. <laughs> um, from what I can remember, it's all a bit of a blur. I think um, the adrenaline kind of wiped my memory over the last, those months. Um, we had Isaric. Um, on our shelf uh, since 2013. It was a study we set up um, in preparation for a pandemic or a novel pathogen. So as soon as we heard of COVID-19 and it slowly made its way over to us, we began to um, look at how the study would run um, and what we would actually need to do. Um, luckily, we used to do sort of annual refreshers of what the study actually meant. Um, so we kind of had it in our already in our heads um, a little bit um, and so when we first got our patient when we found the first patient on intensive care um, we kind of all grouped together and all went up to see the patient um, we couldn't speak to him because he was um, sedated and in a coma unfortunately um, but we had that first conversation with his wife and daughter um, and we thought we might just get one or two um, we never thought we'd it quite affect us in the way that it did um and so it we started with the one patient and then the next day we saw somebody else and then all of a sudden it seemed to hit us like a wave and we kind of didn't quite know where to start so um we all just muddled together we obviously put everything else on pause um, and we just tried to um, approach it as pragmatically as possible and I just tried to reassure people that we could only do what we could do and there was no pressure to um, push people to push themselves too hard so you know you work within your own skills and your own ability everybody was really scared at that time because we weren't quite sure how it was going to affect us um, so people were obviously quite apprehensive um, so I took it upon myself to make sure that I kept people as reassured as possible even though I was scared I didn't know what what was going to happen um and yeah we kind of just went from there we took every day as it came um I'd like to think that I had this big plan and you know I spent a, a bit of time trying to um formulate a way that it would work effectively but I think from what I remember we just we just turned up every day we had a cup of tea, we made sure everybody was okay, and then we just approached all of the patients that we could, um, having lists, making sure there was clear communication between everybody, um, and also making sure that we laughed. So my cousin made me a 
a kindness jar for Christmas the year before um, and I'd used it a little bit and I thought this would be the perfect um, thing for the team. So um, we had this um, jar in the in the um, in the office with a bit of hand gel next to it. So if you needed to read something funny or look at a funny picture, because her kids had drawn all these funny pictures on these bits of card, they used to gel their hands and put their uh, hand in and get something, um, a nice little quote or a funny picture. And, you know, it was the little things like that that kept people going. Yeah. All these things coming at you, you're, what you need to do professionally, the team ethos, how you might feel personally about this. How did it feel? Um, that's a really like it's a really good question and it's something I've probably not really thought about yet so this is probably a little bit of therapy <laughs> um so <laughs> it's um at the time it was we it was so big we didn't know where to start and um it that was really intimidating because we just didn't know what on earth we were going into is this going to last a week is it going to last four years you know you just didn't know um so I think it was I certainly put it to the back of my mind and I just turned up every day to do the job that I needed to do that day and I tried not to think about it um that's something that I I do quite well I think <laughs> just put you know if something's too big if you stir it all in one big chunk it it becomes overwhelming and, and you end up just going around in circles because you don't quite know how to eat the elephant um but if you just break the leg off and eat the leg then that's one part of the elephant you've already eaten did you manage to get a lot of laughter with the, with the jar and the funny pictures and you know how, yeah. how well did that work it worked really well um so luckily I worked with a wonderful bunch of people that you know, as intensive care nurses and ED nurses, we've got a very sick sense of humour anyway. Um, so we do find um, humour in all crisis. Um, so it was quite easy to find a funny side of something. COVID wasn't funny, um, but it was the little things each day. You know, if you get changed in uniform and you put your, t your uniform top on the wrong way around, you know, little things like that. Um, and then when we started, because we... Um, we, we had to work just as a small team to begin with. Um, and then once, um, you know, once the numbers started picking up a lot and all the other research paused, we got this huge influx of new people coming in to support us. But also you were getting to meet these all these new research nurses that you never knew existed. But Isarix made a real difference. Hasn't it? That's a very significant study. Isarix's been great. So it kind of um, created the um, basis of all the data collection for a lot of the COVID studies. Um, so we were finding that kind of this, because Isarix is, was data collection and sample taken. So there wasn't any intervention involved. It was all observational. Um, and as other COVID studies were developed, they would basically feed into the Isarix data collection. So it meant that you needed to collect less data for a, for a certain study as long as they were in Isarix. Um, and the great thing about it as well is that when the patient started receive, receiving remdesivir um, as part of normal clinical treatment, um, we were collecting extra data as part of Isarix. So it's it's been great because it's that you've got just a central database of all the information that you could ever possibly need about Isarix. And um, also they could change um, treatments based on what the sort of patients they were seeing. Um, because the, the patients that we were seeing in the first wave were different to those in the second and the third wave. 
there was a time in the summer where the COVID cases dipped, then it came back in a vengeance, autumn, winter. Yeah. It was really hard um, in January. How did you keep that team spirit? It was all and- about making sure people knew that I'd only ever expect what they could do and not making them feel like they needed to um, work at like 500% all of the time and do all the overtime and recruit every single patient you could ever possibly see with COVID. Um, So it was all all about, you know, do what you can do. You know, if you need help, please let me know. Make sure you're having rest. Make sure you're um, having your break. So we we were very good at all going for lunch together um, most of the time. Um, and social distance so we could just sit and have half an hour where we all just sat and didn't talk about covid um or if we did it was kind of stuff outside of work um but yeah just making sure people felt supported enough but not pressured um there was time where we thought you know we had to recruit every single patient into covid because you know that was that's what we should do but that's not always possible and people can say no and people especially on intensive care some patients were far 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 too sick to be given these new drugs to um and it was about just making people realize that you know we can't we can't do everything um we can only do what we can do and then ultimately everybody then just you know they're just motivated to work really hard i find um because they've got an expectation that they're just doing the best, just getting through the day. How do you feel personally um, as a clinical research manager to have contributed to you know, the battle against COVID-19 with all this research? I'm really honoured. Um, something to tell the grandkids. Um, you know, this is kind of like the pinnacle of being a research nurse um, or working in any sort of clinical environment you know you don't get this opportunity very often and hopefully we won't get this opportunity again so actually I feel really proud um to have done it and come out fairly unscathed um and also um yeah just kind of it's exciting and I you know we went through a stage where we would get really excited about COVID and you've almost felt a bit guilty for kind of enjoying it but you know that's what we're here for we're research nurses you know um finding new treatments and you know saving lives is what we should do i think my opinion on it probably would be a little bit different if we were in the middle of another wave <laughs> but i'm feeling quite positive and optimistic at the moment <laughs> you know it shone a light on research everybody knew that research went on but i don't think clinical teams unless you had any active involvement in research really understood what a research nurse did and what impact they can have on patients but this is kind of blown open the doors for collaboration between clinical teams and an appreciation as well for what we do Um, and we don't just walk around with clipboards because I think prior to COVID that's probably what a lot of people thought we did make posters walk around with clipboards sit and drink tea um but we don't do that what's next for dream then Lucy wow so we are slowly moving into acute medicine a little bit more so primarily we've been focused on the emergency department and critical care um but we're working with the um, acute medicine directorate to try and encourage them to be more actively involved in research, giving them more access to nurses. So we've um, increased our team quite a lot this year, which is amazing. Um, 
so we've got that ability now to support more people who want to be involved in research so hopefully we'll encourage some um some medics acps hopefully to be involved in research um, and use our skills to support them um, and make them realize it's not as difficult as sometimes it may seem um, we're also going to be working over at city a lot more um, so we're going to be spread around the, the trust trying to find a new normality post-covid who knows what it'll look like taking each day as it comes well thank you for contributing really do well, appreciate thank you your time. very much not at all Take not care. At all. thank you Lizzie. have a great day goodbye now Bye. so that was this episode's research hero you can find more of them by subscribing to this podcast or visiting nuh.nhs.uk forward slash research thanks for listening there are links in the show notes for more information on clinical research in Nottingham and the website is nuh.nhs.uk forward slash research. Our email and social media links are there too. If you want to stay up to date with the Clinical Research Podcast, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google, wherever you normally get your podcasts. The more shows are rated and reviewed, the more search engines like them and the easier it is for people to find us. So if you can subscribe and rate and review us, you'll be doing it for science, not just for our egos.